All right, as you are all aware, we're talking about prayer and just a, a little story that I thought was quite funny. A young boy called the pastor from the local corner church and asked the pastor to come and pray for his mother who was feeling very ill with a flu. The pastor knew the family um, very well and knew that they attended the church down the road. So he said, he said to the young man, shouldn't you be asking Brother Simon down the road to come and pray for your mum? The little boy said, yeah, but we didn't want to take the chance that he might catch whatever she's got. <laughs> and, you know, we've been talking, haven't we, a lot about prayer recently. And, you know, so often we know it's something that we should be doing. It's something that we want to be doing. And it's something that certainly we all want to feel the effects of in our own lives. And yet it is something that we, we, we wrangle with a little bit, don't we? And you know, I want to I wanna speak to you today just a bit about my own experience in prayer. Do you know what I mean? Not as someone who's got it or an expert, but as someone who's trying to get it and, and working with it. And you know, I, I think there's just a few practical things that have helped me that I just really want to share you know, I think firstly, you know, we have been talking a lot about being getting into a habit of prayer. And, you know, habits are really difficult to form, but once we form them, they're very difficult to break. And, you know, I don't know about you, but God's really been challenging me. You know, I have lots of habits in life. Do you know what I mean? Some good, some not so bad, uh, some really bad. Uh, but, uh, you know, whatever they are, habits are difficult to break. So if we get into a good habit of prayer this month as we're, we're focusing on it, you know what? We're going to find it easier to stick with it and to keep going with it, guys. So, you know, let's really grasp a hold of what's going on in the church at the minute. I do feel it's really significant for us as a body. You know, we've been reading a lot from Ephesians, and I do want to start in Ephesians today. So in Ephesians 6, you know, we've read this a couple of times recently in the last month, and that's where I want to start again today. Ephesians 6 verses 10 to 12 tells us that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against powers and against the rulers of the dark age. But verse 13 says this, Therefore take up the whole armour of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which is able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayers and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. You know, we've talked a lot about this passage, but you know, prayer is the battle. You know, Oswald Chambers said, prayer does not fit us for greater work. Prayer is the greater work. You know, we do have an enemy and we don't want to dwell on that. We don't want to spend a lot of time focusing on that. But we do have an enemy that doesn't want to see God's rule and reign on planet Earth, that doesn't want to see God's freedom and peace reigning in people's hearts and minds. And we don't want to dwell on that, but we need to be aware of that. Ephesians 6, this passage clearly tells us that there is a spiritual battle. You know, or a famous quote that is often quoted is, all that is needed for evil to prevail is good men to do nothing. And you know, as a Christian, you can be a good man and, and actually you can do nothing in prayer and evil will, will advance. Do you know what I mean? We need to take a stand in prayer. And you know, church, I want to encourage you today. You know, I'm thrilled that so many of us in here, all right, are saved and we've got that helmet of salvation. I'm so thrilled that so many of us have the breastplate of righteousness. We know we're not good enough without Christ and so we clothe ourselves in that. I'm pleased and thrilled that so many of us gird ourselves with a, with a belt of truth because in a society where little white lies are okay, you know, our truth stands for Christ, doesn't it? I'm so pleased that so many of us do speak to friends and family about God. But you know, it's a bit like we can stick all this armour on 
And yet if we're not praying, we're just looking good. You know, and I want to encourage you this morning to be involved in prayer. You know, Ed Cole once said, wishing is never a substitute for prayer. You know, and there's a real powerful picture here that God's really been speaking to me about. I can stick on the full armour of God and I can stand on the battle line, but I never step into prayer. I'm never actually battling. I'm just a soldier looking good. And I don't know about you. I like to look good, but I don't want to just be a pretty ornament that looks good. I want to be someone that is advancing the kingdom of God. And you know, to be honest with you, I want you to think about where you're at with prayer. You know, we, I'm not, and this isn't a beat you up message. This isn't a, oh, trying to make everyone feel bad. But where are you with your prayer? You know, are you in the barracks? Are you only offering prayer when actually the battle seems to be getting a bit close? You know, we can just spend our time in the barracks. Um, Corrie ten Boom once said, is prayer the steering wheel or your spare tyre? You know, is it the thing that drives you or is it the thing that you resort to when you've got a flat? And you know, I want to encourage you today, if you know that really I don't pray at all other than when I come into church on a Sunday, can I encourage you? Come out the barracks. There's a battle that you need to be involved in. And you know, you're not necessarily going to go from being in the barracks and not praying at all to praying eight hours a day. Do you know what I mean? Like we hear of these great prayer warriors, they intimidate me. But you know what? Just move from the barracks and just go out onto the battlefield, even if it's for five minutes, and just pray for that friend at work that you're concerned for. Just pray for your, for your family member who doesn't know God. And it might just be for five minutes, but can I encourage you? Come out the barracks, because that's where you're meant to be as a Christian. You know, are you on the sideline of the battle? You know that, the, that prayer's there and you know that it's something that you want to be involved in, but you seem to get really distracted. Do you know what we can get distracted by? We can get distracted by talking about our problems, worrying about our problems, thinking about how we can get out of them, when actually we're stood on the, on the sideline and what we need to do is just pray about them. Do you know, don't stand on the sideline and be distracted. You know, it's great. Go talk to your Christian friends about your problems, all right? But can I ask you, if you're talking to your Christian friends about, about the problems and not actually praying about them, you need to step into the battle and actually pray about them. Because you know what? We can sit and we can talk about issues, we can talk about problems, and that's good. But you know what? The real battle is done in prayer, and we need to pray for each other, guys. Can I encourage you, if you're on the sideline getting distracted with from prayer can I encourage you to step into it you know you might be injured on the sidelines you might think well you know what I've prayed for all sorts and nothing ever seems to work so I'm just going to sit here defeated you know the bible tells us even in Ephesians to be persistent you know I can hand on heart say sometimes when I felt God's not answered my prayers it's because I've been very specific exactly how I want things doing and in exactly what time frame and actually it's not that God hasn't answered it he's just done it in a different way to how I anticipated and it's only in hindsight that I go Mm, yeah <laughs> see what you've done there God um, can I encourage you though if you are defeated on the sidelines can I encourage you we, you, from time to time we do end up in that place but can I encourage you to step back into the battle the Bible calls us to persevere and I want to encourage you again to step into that battle area of prayer and you know some of us as well we might have um, just been defeated you may feel like oh well you know I've tried to step into the battle so many times but it's just not my thing I'm just not good at it do you know what I mean you might have felt I've tried I, I, I've, I've tried now this is a classic I've tried getting up early all right to pray because that's what I feel I should be doing and uh, I've got up early and every time I've fallen asleep so I'm just not going to bother now because I might as well just stay in bed as opposed to sleep on the sofa now if that's you guys can I encourage you maybe getting up first thing in the morning isn't your time 
time. Maybe it is straight after you've had your tea when you come in. Maybe it is you need to go for a walk instead of just laying in your bed and trying to pray. Sorry, that one works for me. Although I must admit, I live in a village and um, there's a lot of dog walkers in my village. And if I start wandering around the village at six o'clock, people without a dog, people do look at you a little bit odd as if to go, she casing the joint? You know, what's she doing? So, you know, but what I'm saying is, you know, some of us may well have felt defeated in prayer. We may have tried to step into prayer and be a mighty prayer warrior and we've just found it really hard. And so we're now sat on the sidelines defeated. Can I encourage you, if that's you this morning, step into the battle because that's where we're, we're meant to be. You know, from time to time, we'll be at any one of these places. Sometimes we might be in the prayer battle. We might be praying in our prayers. We might feel that we're making it, that we're, that we're battling in prayer. But at other times, we might feel we're in the barracks or on the sideline. But wherever you're at right now, can I encourage you, if you're a Christian in this place, you know, you are called not just to be dressed in the armour of God, but to be battling in that field of prayer. And can I encourage you to think, where am I? Be honest with yourself, because it's really easy, isn't it, to sort of come, you know, think, oh yeah, I'm all right. Be honest with yourself where are you where does God want you to be in this area of prayer and you know if you find it hard just ask God and we're going to talk about that in a moment but just ask God to help you in this area because I really believe that God wants us each and every single one of us in the church to move on in this area of prayer and to get more engaged in this battle I don't believe that this is the the calling of just a few people the Bible is clear that prayer is something that every single Christian needs to be engaged in and you know wherever you're at in this little picture if you like of uh, that I'm just bring into you can I encourage you to move on into the battle you know Acts 6 shows us that the early disciples had lots of good things to be doing but they actually set themselves aside to pray because they realized how important it was you know you might be thinking and I think this is the biggest thing that a lot of us think well you know what I know there's a battle I know that I'm sometimes in the barracks if I'm honest I know sometimes I'm on the sideline I know sometimes I get into the battle and I feel that that joy of of really praying things through and speaking to God but you know I think quite often a lot of us don't pray because we don't feel we're significant we don't feel that we're going to make any difference we sort of think well you know what I'll leave that to those people who seem to know what they're doing and, and seem to know the right words and everyone amens their prayers so I'll leave it to them because they know what they're doing but you know what I want to tell you as a child of God you are significant William Cowper said Satan trembles when the weakest Christian is on his knees in prayer and you know what it isn't the it isn't the 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 sort of realm that only certain spiritual people can pray. Do you know, the Bible is clear that God is our Father and He hears every single one of us. And you know what? You are significant. And I, I, I want to just share a scripture with you that has really challenged me. And it's a scripture that I know quite well, but it's um, Ezekiel 22, verse 30. It said, For I looked for someone who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land, so I would not destroy it. But I found no one. So I will pour out my wrath on them, consume them with my fiery anger and bring down on their own heads all that they have done, declares the sovereign Lord. You know, God was looking for someone to stand in the gap. Can I just challenge you this morning? If you don't think you're significant in prayer, what happens if you're the one that's meant to be stood in the gap and you're in the barracks? Do you know, I don't know about you, you know, I want to be the one that is where I need to be to see God's blessing and favour on the people and on this nation, you know, and I don't want to be the one that sat in the barracks when I should be stood in the gap, you know, and I want to encourage you today, you know, wherever you're at, all God wants for us is for us to move on. 
you know what I mean? He's not expecting us to make a leap from one place to another. He just wants us to make small steps towards him. And you know, as we take small steps towards God, in my experience, God always makes giant steps towards us. And in this area, I know that if we make small steps towards God in prayer, God will make giant steps towards us and make it so much more simpler for us. You know, um, Billy Graham once said, heaven is full of answers to prayer, which no one has bothered to ask. Do you know, I want to have everything that God's got for us. I want, I want everything that God's got for me as an individual, everything that God's got for you guys, everything that God's got for this church and for this nation. But we need to be people who are battling in this area of prayer. So my first one is, where are you at? Are you in the battle? Are you in the barracks? Are you on the sideline? Wherever you're at, can I encourage you this morning to make a step into the battle because you are significant as a child of God and you, that's where you're called to be. Secondly then, Andrew Murray spoke right at the beginning of this sermon, uh, at this series, sorry, not this sermon, that would have been a bit weird, wouldn't it, if he'd done the first five minutes, but never mind, uh, right at the beginning of this series, and he talks about the Holy Spirit wooing us, and you know what, I'll be honest with you, I find prayer a million times easier when I'm, fill, when I'm full with God's Spirit, I find it a million times easier when I've got the Holy Spirit just nudging me and encouraging me and helping me on my way, and that's what I want to talk about for my, sort of, if you like, my second point, you know, Jared was talking about this in prayer school last week. And, you know, can I just encourage you, if you weren't there last Sunday night, do you know what I mean? Um, can, you know, and you're interested in, in this whole thing of prayer, can I get, suggest get that tape? Because there was loads of really practical, simple things that you can do tip all right cd down pod you can see can't you i'm not very technological at all you can get the tip you probably can't even get a machine to play a tip can we but anyway never you can get the cd or you can download it or whatever it is you all do nowadays but you know seriously it was great because it had such practical stuff of what you can do in your own prayer life to make it easier for yourself to connect with god so if you didn't go honestly get that it was brilliant but basically the Holy Spirit is really important in our prayer lives. Jude 20 says this, but you, dear brothers, by building yourself up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 6 tells us that we should pray with all prayers and supplication in the Spirit. You know, and I just want to think a little bit about the Holy Spirit. You know, when we look at Jesus's life with the Holy Spirit, we see in Matthew 3 verse 16 that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're told that in Luke 11, verse 12, that we can ask for the Holy Spirit and God will give us that, that same gift. So Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and that's available for us today too. We also see though, that in Matthew 4, verse 1, Jesus was led by the Spirit. And if you look, that's what it actually says. It wasn't just that he was filled with the Spirit, but he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And, in, um, and also in Luke 4, verse uh, 14 it says this Jesus returned from his experience full of the power of the Holy Spirit you know the Holy Spirit is there to fill us to lead us and to empower us and you know if you look in um, Acts 1 verse 19 it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you know I want us just to think a little bit about this about the fact that the Holy Spirit is there to fill us to lead us and to empower us now that's true in every area of our life but it's also true in prayer God wants to fill us he wants to lead us in prayer and he wants to empower us in prayer by the power of the Holy Spirit and where are we on that journey you know today I do want it to be a little bit self-reflective do you know what I mean 
mean, I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about where am I at in prayer? And I, I, I want to encourage you to think about that for yourselves as you've been hearing so much about prayer in this last few weeks. You know, where are we at with prayer? You know, where are we at with the Holy Spirit? You know, can I encourage you? The Bible is clear that God sent his Holy Spirit to bless us and it's, it's available for anyone who accepts Jesus as Lord. You know, can I encourage you that the Bible um, tells us that the Holy Spirit is there as our teacher. John 15, uh, 14 verse 26 says this, he is our teacher and that he can guide you. But John 16 verse 7 says this, but now I go to him who has sent me. This is Jesus speaking. None of you Ask me, where am I going? But because I have said these things, you are filled with all sorrow. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not depart, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. You know, this is at a point when the disciples were, they were it, the Bible says, they were filled with sorrow in their heart. This wasn't a light thing Jesus was saying to them. His followers were sorrowful in their hearts and Jesus was trying to comfort them all right. And actually said, it's better that I go because I'll then send the Holy Spirit. So actually, if you think about what Jesus is saying there, he's actually saying it is better for us that he left than that he stayed. If you think Jesus was here bodily on planet Earth today, we'd be lucky if we saw him once personally in our entire lifetime. If you think about how many Christians there are in the world, how much time one person can give, you know, we'd be lucky if we could have one face-to-face -face meeting with Jesus probably in a lifetime. And yet Jesus says, it's better that I leave because then I can send the Holy Spirit. Because you know what? The Holy Spirit is there and we can have access to him at any point at any time and it's as good as having Jesus stood right in front of you being able to have a conversation with a man and you know what the Holy Spirit is here to bless us and to help us and to lead us in this area of prayer and I want to encourage you this morning that you know for some of you the Holy Spirit might be a new thing all right, you might have just come to faith or you might have come from a church where you haven't heard a lot about the Holy Spirit. Can I encourage you to get alongside some Christians and ask them about this Holy Spirit thing? Ask someone to pray that you will receive the Holy Spirit because it is the biggest blessing to your Christian life, all right, that I can ever tell you about because the Holy Spirit is there to help us. He helps us when we read the word, but he also helps us in, a, in this whole area of prayer. But church, can I be really honest with you? All right, it doesn't stop there. So often I think we treat the Holy Spirit like, oh, hallelujah, we've had an experience with the Holy Spirit. That's awesome, I felt God's presence. And you know what, that's great guys, but it doesn't stop there. That's not what the Holy Spirit was sent for. The Holy Spirit wasn't sent for so that we can have a yippee-doo-dah time in church. All right, the Holy Spirit was sent so that he could lead us and empower us. And you know what, I believe that God wants to lead us and empower us through the Holy Spirit in prayer. You know, just as he does in any other area of my life. And so I wanna encourage you, can you take an honest look at your life? Difficult, isn't it? Where are you with the Holy Spirit? Are you at a place with the Holy Spirit where, yeah, you sense the Holy Spirit and that encourages you and it builds you up, but are you in a place with the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit is leading you and empowering you in this area of prayer? I believe for some people it's time to, that God's calling you to come into a deeper place in prayer where he leads you in prayer and empowers you in prayer so that you're not actually just having a, a nice experience, but you're actually praying incisively. You know, sometimes I can be honest, if I am praying and I, you know, 
I'm praying and, and I sense the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I begin to pray for things that I hadn't planned on praying for. And yet actually there's such a power there. There's such a, a, a sense of this is where I'm meant to be going. I've sometimes been praying for someone and we've been praying about something else. And all of a sudden I just feel like, oh, we need to go pray for this now. And, you know, we pray for it. And at the end, the person says, thank you. That's exactly what I needed. You know, I want to be a person that isn't only filled with the Holy Spirit and enjoying all the blessing that that brings, but I'm someone who can be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, to be effective, we need to have, all right, those moments where we let the Holy Spirit not only bless us, but lead us in prayer. And can I encourage you, you know, if you're a Spirit-filled Christian, just say, God, I want you to lead me in prayer so that I can be even more effective. Because I know for myself that that is when I'm most effective, is when I'm filled with the Spirit and I'm following where he's leading. You know, um, it doesn't matter where you're on at. Again, it doesn't matter where you're at at the journey. If you're just at a point of getting to know the Holy Spirit, can I encourage you this morning, get filled with the Holy Spirit. If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit and you're enjoying God's presence, can I encourage you to just say, God, lead me and empower me in this area of prayer that I may really move on in this area because that's what the Holy Spirit is there for. <coughs> You know, I was listening to a song just this week and it was a, a, not a Christian song, but it was Emily Sande. And it was uh, about, it's a river, it's called The River, the song. And basically it says, if you're too big to follow rivers, how are you ever going to find the sea? And, you know, I really felt, I was, I was actually funny enough gardening at the time. Um, and I had these big headphones on that are my son's. And my neighbour even said, what's, what's with the ear protectors, Rach? I was like, no, 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 they're not ear protectors, they're headphones. But actually the quality of the sound is very good. Um, but I had these on and, and I actually, honestly, I don't know how I stopped myself doing this in the middle of the front garden. Do you know what I mean? Because God really spoke to me through this psalm because I was thinking about this whole thing about being led by the Spirit. And it can be quite difficult, can't it, sometimes to think, oh, is this just me or am I being led? But you know what I felt God say is sometimes we just need to listen to that still small voice that we just and go with it. Just experiment, go with it. Because you know what? As you follow those little rivers, do you know what I mean? You'll find a great ocean of God. And you know, in my own life, the only way I've learned to, to determine what, what God's saying to me is by following those little inklings. I remember when Daz first came to church a long, long time ago, and I remember we were talking about this. He's like, how do you know it's not just you? How do you know? Do you know what I mean? It's not just your own head saying this. And I was like, I don't know. It's just something I've practiced and I've learned over a long period of time. And in some ways, I've just followed those little rivers, those little things that I think might be God. And as I've followed them, sometimes I've come to a dead end, but more often than not, I've followed them and I've found the sea, I've found God. And you know, I want to encourage you in this whole area of being led by the Spirit, just follow those little inklings that you feel from God. And as you follow them, do you know what I mean? Quite often you'll find that opens up. Now, obviously, can I just add a caveat? If it's something Something that's obviously against the word of God don't do that um, you know but you know you know just follow those little inklings that's all I want to encourage you know so where are we at then do you know what I mean where are we at are we involved in the battle or are we are we in the sidelines where are we at with the spirit are we just being filled and enjoying that or are we allowing the spirit to lead us you know the Holy Spirit doesn't only want to lead us he also wants to enable us to see things um, as God sees them you know there's a really um, well-known story in 2 Kings 6 and basically the king of Is uh, the king of uh, Syria is warring against Israel and uh, Elijah has gone to this Elisha sorry has gone um, to a particular town and he's chasing after Elisha and overnight the, the, the scriptures say horses, chariots and a great army surrounded the city that he was in. And in the morning, the servant woke up and said this. 
He said, um, oh no, my Lord, what should we do? Which I think is quite calm, really, because I'd be really properly freaking out if I'd sort of gone to bed and then I wake up and there's a massive army around us. But anyway, um, and, he, and the prophet says this, do not be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those that are with them. And Elisha opened it, op- prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes and he looked and he saw that the hills were full of horses and chariots of fire all around. You know, in that circumstance, the Holy Spirit enabled that servant to see the situation as it really was, not how it appeared. And, you know, can I encourage you, you know, as you're a, a spirit-filled people, you know, sometimes we need to say, God, let me see this as you see. You know, so often I think we see problems and we see it, situations and we just can't see the end from the beginning in it. And yet, actually, if we can take a step back and see it from God's perspective, sometimes it's so, so different. It's sometimes a bit like we're on this side and there's a problem and it's a bit like a door with no handle on and we sort of think well I don't know I don't know this is ever going to change can't see it God's sat on the other side of it realizing that there's a time release latch here that's going to release in about 25 minutes and you don't need to worry about it but so often we stand on this side of the of the thing worrying sometimes praying but more often not worrying and God's on the other side of it just saying just wait a moment it's fine it's going to open it's going to be sorted you know we need to be people who are filled with the spirit because if we're filled with the spirit we can see sometimes what God's doing now sometimes God doesn't give us a solution he just gives us peace but you know what the Holy Spirit is there not only to fill us and lead us and move us on but he's also there to enable us to see things as God sees them you know at the end of this story it's amazing because Elisha prayed and the attacking army goes blind. He then leads them astray, which is quite amusing. I think it's quite like, oh, come on, we're going to go on a little magical mystery tour. Sends them on a magical mystery tour. But actually, in the end, he prays that their blindness will be released and they, he actually feeds them and sends them on their way. So the very people that came to cause him harm and that on the face of it looked like a major threat actually he fed them and he sent them on their way. You know, it's amazing when you can see things from God's perspective. And you know what? In uh, Jeremiah 33, it tells us there that if we call to him, he will answer and show us great and mighty things. You know, it's a bit like... um, the other week I was cleaning my house, which is a miracle in itself, because uh, I do that as quick as I possibly can. I mean, I'll do the garden for hours, but the house is like, oh. Anyway, I was cleaning the house and uh, I put some of my normal bathroom spray on and I looked and, I, and this particular bit of scum hadn't removed because it was limestone, uh, limestone. So I, I had a look, no, didn't have anything for it. So I uh, resorted to using vinegar because I know that that is a, an old wives' tale. Unfortunately, you're meant to use cider vinegar or something like that. I use it malt so it did smell like a chip shop but never mind it got rid of it but you know what by applying that substance it was completely removed and you know what sometimes when we are when we when we ask the holy spirit to lead us and guide us in prayer when we ask the holy spirit to show us things as they really are we can actually pray in exactly the right way that actually lifts that problem that changes that circumstance you know I could have spent all morning scrubbing I wouldn't have done I'd have given up but I could have spent all morning scrubbing uh, that little bit of limestone or lime scale sorry to get rid of it but you know what all I needed to do was put a little bit of vinegar on it and it went you know in the same way you can spend hours worrying and stressing about your problems talking about your problems but you know what if you get before God and you ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you and give you an insight give you an understanding like he did 
to this servant, you know what, you can maybe just pray for five, ten minutes and that problem will be sorted. You know, because applying the, the right thing to the right circumstance can have the right effect, okay? So I just want to encourage you, where are you at with, your, with the Holy Spirit? So firstly, where are you at with the whole battle? Are you in the barracks? Are you on the sidelines? Are you in the prayer? Are you sat defeated on the sideline? Where are you? You are significant, each and every one of you, and we need to be in the battle. Where are you with, your Holy, with the Holy Spirit in your prayer life? You know the Holy Spirit is our helper. He wants to help us in our prayer lives. But are you letting him just fill you? Or are you letting him fill you? Are you letting him lead you? Are you letting him empower you in prayer? Because that's what he's there for. That's what he wants to do. And are you allowing him to let you see things through heaven's eyes you know the final thing that I just want to talk about I'm gonna is just what is what is our biggest weapon as we go in now one of our big weapons that Sharon uh, Sharon no (laughs) I don't know where I've got Sharon from Sandra uh, that Sandra was talking about was praise and praise is one of our big guns but another one of our big guns is the word of God. And can I encourage you this morning? You know, in times gone back, past, there was one Bible for a whole community. In some places in Africa, there is literally one Bible and the minister has it and nobody else has it. You know, we are blessed people. We have different versions of it, different covers of it, just because we like the different cover. Do you know what I mean? We have the word of God. But you know, the word of God contains all the promises that are ours as children of God. And you know, in the same way as at work, you'll know what you're entitled to. You know how many minutes break you entitled to and how long your lunch break is meant to be you know the word of God tells us what we are entitled to as children of God and we need to know what it says so that when we pray we have the sword in Ephesians it says um, the sword of the spirit which is the word of God you know we need to get out the big guns sometimes we need to get out the word of God in prayer and you know I want to encourage you you need to know what the word of God says for yourself so that when you're praying you can use the word of God an example one that I often use in Philippians 4 verses 6 to 8 it says be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ you know sometimes if I've got stuff on going on I you know sometimes I just say to God I read this scripture and I say right God I'm just I'm giving you it with thanksgiving thanks for this problem Uh, praise you Lord and I give it to God in prayer and then I say God but now I'm asking for your peace that passes understanding to flow into my life and you know what that's a promise in the word of God and in prayer we can use God's word and say God I'm doing what you've said so now God I'm gonna I'm asking you in prayer to bring me your peace it might be that you're lacking wisdom James 1 verse 5 says if anyone lacks wisdom he should ask God who gives it generously um without finding fault. You know, if you need wisdom, read that scripture, guys, and then pray and ask God, God, you know, I need wisdom. Your word says that if I ask you, you'll give it to me and I'm standing on your word. I'm using this as a weapon in prayer. One of my favorite ones though, is in 1 Peter, sorry, 2 Peter 1 verse 3. And it actually says, um, his his, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and goodness. The NIV says he's given us everything we need for a godly life for life and godliness you know sometimes I'll be honest there are circumstances that come up in my life and I don't particularly want to uh, I don't want to act very godly you know someone's really annoyed me and I don't want to really forgive them 
or that somebody's really done something and I think, you know, and I don't want to necessarily in the natural, I don't want to necessarily behave godly, but I know that's what I'm meant to do. And sometimes I read this scripture and I say, God, your word says, you give me everything I need for life and godliness. And so God, I'm asking you to help me to deal with this situation in the right way. God, I'm asking you to give me everything I need for this life and for the godliness that I need to display. And as I use that and as I pray with that scripture, you know, it's like a sword. Do you know what I mean? In the spiritual realm. And you know, I want to encourage you, church. We need to know the word of God for ourselves. We need to get into it. You know, I want to, I don't want today to be a big beat us up kind of fest. Do you know what I mean? But I want it to be a chance for us to reflect where are we at with our prayer lives? Where are we at individually? You know, and can I encourage you? And I really feel strongly this morning that this picture of this barracks has just kept coming back to me and coming back to you, to me. And you know, wherever we're at, you know, God is just calling us to, to come a bit closer, to move on in prayer. And you know, in particular, you know, I just feel that if you are someone who just says, yeah, you know what? I'm on the sidelines. I'm spending more time worrying about my problems than I am actually praying. God is just saying, give up the worrying and start praying. You know, if you're someone who's stood on the sidelines because perhaps you've maybe felt that God hasn't answered your prayer, God, God sees that, God feels that. But he's saying to you, come on, persevere, get back into the battle because that's what I made you for. If you're someone that's perhaps said, well, I've tried so many times in prayer and I just end up messing it up and not managing it. God's saying, come on, let's get into the battle. Let's get off the sidelines. You know, and I want to encourage you this morning. And you know, as you do take those steps into prayer, can I encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you, to ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you and to empower you and to give you the, the, the correct perspective. Because when we do those things, our prayer life gets a million times easier. You know, we've talked a bit about speaking in tongues. And you know what, can I just say, if you speak in tongues, use it in your prayer life. Because so often I've entered prayer and maybe not felt like it, but I speak in tongues and something connects me to God. And all of a sudden that connection, that spirit just seems so much stronger. And you know, the Holy Spirit sometimes, you know, we don't know what to pray. Romans 8 tells us that sometimes we don't don't know what we should pray but the spirit can pray through us and you know can I encourage you if you're a spirit-filled person and you speak in tongues use that in your prayer life because you know what God wants us God wants us to be in this battle and you are significant you know please don't think that prayer is just something for the people who've got maybe three hours in a day Do you know I mean because sometimes when I hear these stories I think well I don't even know where I've got three spare hours in my day God's not that's not, every, not necessarily for every single day, for every single person, but every single one of us is significant. Every single one of us is important in this battle. And you know what? God is calling you to stand in the gap and not be in the barracks.